0: kxno des moines the psa's you hear on miller and condon and iheart des moines are presented in part by nick mick we take care of our own now here's miller and condon live from the DraftKings sportsbook at wild rose studios this is 1460 kxno 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iheart radio this is 1460 kxno
1: All right, welcome back. 11 o'clock hour, busy hour. It's the final hour of the week. We're going to do our NFL segment coming up here. Dave Sinekin on the Packers versus the Raiders. We'll take a look at the Vikings v. Lions. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football. We'll give away barbecue and our picks before we get out of here at noon. Let's get right into it. He's theheadcheese.com. Packers coming off a win on Monday night. Felt a little dirty maybe, Dave, but you know what? These things even out, right? Uh, uh, the Lions and their, and their fan base a little apoplectic after leaving Lambeau Field, um, but they even out at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I suppose they do. It doesn't feel good, though, for the fan base. I remember the fail Mary Seahawks Monday night game that still sticks sticks to me all these years later. Uh, I won't apologize for it, but uh, it was a shame the way that game ended.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, the one, uh, well, there's a lot of bright spots for Packer fans, but a lot of uh, people, a lot of eyeballs on that game of uh, Iowa State fans uh, as their guy Lazard uh, made an impact in that football game. It, it's, uh, you know, when you've got a sure Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers going to bat for a guy that, you know, is uh, is really seeking his opportunity, that resonates, and uh, Rodgers apparently went over and said, let's get Lazard in the game. He got him in the game, and look what happened.
2: Yeah, he really talked him up throughout training camp as a guy that really was taking things seriously, was a student of the game, was doing everything right, and he had high hopes for Lazard, and he stepped up in the fourth quarter, and crazy as it sounds, he might be the Packers' number one wide receiver option on Sunday. The top three receivers are not practicing through Thursday. We'll see what happens today. But uh, Al Lazard be, should be ready for his close up because he's going to get a lot of opportunities on Sunday.
3: You know, speaking of that offense, there was so much talk in the offseason about the new head coach and LaFleur coming in and him and Rodgers maybe not seeing eye to eye initially. But the offensive coordinator is Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett, really don't know much about the guy. How much input does he have? And do you know the relationship between him and Rodgers in comparison to what we heard with LaFleur?
2: You know, I I don't know a ton about how he and Rodgers are getting along that hasn't been reported too much. I do know that uh, when he came to Green Bay and throughout the the preseason uh, training camp, the players were raving about his personality and and the way he coaches and the way he treats his players. And, you know, Mercedes Lewis was familiar with him from his days in Jacksonville. And, you know, he's a a bright mind that never really had a quarterback to play with. And I think they're both LaFleur and Hackett still trying to figure out how to best take advantage of what Aaron Rodgers is. And I think we've seen Rodgers of late show that he still is the Aaron Rodgers of old. He's he's making the plays he's always made. He's staying out of trouble. And um, I think Hackett's been instrumental in, in trying to turn the page on this offense. But, man, there have been so many injuries uh, with the skill position players that I don't know how much of the real offense they'd like to implement they can. I mean, they're dealing with, you know, Alan Lazard and, and Darius Shepard. They just signed Ryan Grant to play wide receiver. Top two tight ends are likely to miss this game as far as pass-catching tight ends and Graham and, and Bob Tanyan. So, man, it, it's going to be a mess. I think both teams are hurting at receiver, and both teams would really like to move the ball on the ground on Sunday.
1: You know, uh, one of the things that sticks me uh, with the uh, the game on Monday night, Dave, Jamal Williams going down on his own. I saw Rodgers running up behind him, probably screaming. I don't know if he heard that or not, to get down, get down. But there, the Lions were clearly trying to let the Packers score. Williams realized that. Not a lot of running backs would fall down when they've got a sure touchdown in front of them. That's good coaching. That's good smarts on Jamal Williams'
2: part. Yeah, it really is. Um, it would have been, a, what, a five-point lead, about 90 seconds. And, uh, you know, it would have been a tough task for Matthew Stafford. But why not make sure there's no task at all, not even a kickoff? And, you know, you got that Lambo Leap staring you in the face and, right. and the adulation of all the crowd. And, yeah, I think it's discipline. I think it's smart football. And I suppose for those that had wagered on the Packers that mm-hmm. maybe in Vegas, were probably screaming and throwing things at the screens that a touchdown would have had him cover most likely. But uh, that was smart football, and you like to see that.
3: Short week for the Packers, obviously with the Monday-nighter, an incredibly banged-up team. I saw the injury report from yesterday, and it looked like it got worse from even Wednesday, which you rarely see happen uh, throughout the course of the week. Raiders are coming in here. They beat two good teams in a row, at least solid teams, the Colts and the Bears, and coming in off a of buy, something that historically in the NFL has been good for teams. How concerned are you about the Raiders?
2: I am concerned. Uh, you mentioned the, the injury report getting worse. Kenny Clark uh, did not practice yesterday. He's the stud up front for the Packers on defense. He's dealing with a with a calf issue. And with Josh Jacobs and that running attack, and fullback Alec Ingold, the green bay kid, who's getting a lot of love from John Gruden, uh, we need everybody on defense to be healthy. And, Yeah, another team off a bye. I guess you could look at it two ways. They're healthy. They're rested. They've had two weeks to scheme versus six days. But it may have also kind of slowed their momentum after two really big wins. I mean, man, guys, I watched them play the Vikings three weeks. Pathetic. They looked like a team that wasn't going to win five games. Mm -hmm. And I mean, credit to Gruden and his staff because the very next week to go into Indy and not just beat the Colts. They they took the Colts to town. And then, uh, you know, to beat the Bears, granted, neutral field. But uh, very impressive. I, I think... Looking at uh, some of the the Raiders' tape as I've watched a couple games back this week, uh, they're very talented on the defensive line. They've got some nice young players up front. I think they can still be beaten through the air. We'll see if the Packers' receivers can do it. But um, they're going to try to pound the rock. Josh Jacobs looks like the real deal. And yeah, this is a dangerous game. I think the Raiders, after seeing what happened to Patrick Mahomes last night, look at themselves as saying, We've got a chance. The Chargers looking like nothing, the Broncos are nothing. We have a chance to make the playoffs here in a statement mm-hmm. win at Lambeau. Uh, yeah, I am concerned. I think this is going to be a really close game. And I think, you know, Green Bay has to take care of the football. They went 0 3 on turnovers Monday night. That's very uncharacteristic. The previous home game against Philly, same thing negative in the giveaway takeaway. Uh, they got to make sure they're on the plus side of that. And uh, if they are, I think they come away with
1: a win. Dave Sinekin, year number 24, doing the Packer preview, KFAN, KFAN KFAN.com, 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. You can read them, TheHeadCheese.com. Of course, the podcast is up very quickly thereafter. Dave, we will talk to you in advance of Sunday Night Football next week, and you mentioned it uh, briefly, what looked to be a marquee matchup for NBC, Mahomes v. Rogers, sadly going to be Moore v. Rogers, uh, which doesn't have the same shine as what we thought we were going to get, but nonetheless. Dave, have a great week. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Yeah, you two guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinekin, uh, theheadcheese.com. Let's continue on, Trent. Let's move right into uh, Vikings versus the Lions. Ted Glover going to join the program, dailynorseman.com. Ted, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Ted? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Are no,
0: you ready for uh, the
1: weekend. Yes, indeed. We are ready for the weekend, ready for some football. Your Buckeyes get it started tonight. They do. That's true. 7.30 yeah, our time. You
0: know, I don't know who in the Big Ten said, hey, let's play football on Friday night, but that person needs to be fired.
1: He's <laughs> actually going to quit on his own. It's Jim Delaney, and he's walking out the door. But, uh, yeah, I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. It doesn't seem right in the Big Ten tilt. You know, if they want to play a Sun Belt game or uh, whatever, it just the Big Ten doesn't fit. Neither is the Big 12 on, um, or any of the P5 conferences, nonetheless. So let's get into what we anticipate we're going to see, and I anticipate we're going to see a bunch of pissed-off Detroit Lions uh, especially with the bad taste leaving Lambeau Field, those uh, calls going against them the way that they did. I, I know Patricia's not making a big deal of it, uh, out of it. Most of the Lions uh, players, likewise, they're not making a big deal out of it. But they have to be a little bit PO'd and will take the field with a bad taste in their mouth as the Vikings come to town.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I mean, that was um, – you know, Trent can probably uh, back me up on this, but for years, Vikings, Bears, and Lions fans – have known about the home cooking Mm -hmm. the Packers seem to get at Lambeau. And and that was just on display for a national audience last last week. I I just, yeah, I I would be irritated and upset and want to take my frustrations out on the next team we face, and unfortunately that's the Viking. So we'll we'll see. The thing is, though, the Lions Lions historically have just been hosed by the refs (laughs) in so many monumental ways. And, And teams of the past, you know, before Matt Patricia, they they just kind of laid down and and just let it affect them for two three or four games. So we'll see if if this new this new attitude that Matt Patricia has brought this year, um, has has changed the the mentality and the outlook for that team. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
3: So the Vikings come into this one suddenly looking good again. Stephon Diggs gets going. Kirk Cousins against the Giants and Eagles looks like a guy that can put up big numbers. And the Lions' defense hasn't been great. Slay's back healthy, at least working his way back to healthier, but it's not been a Lions' defense that's been outstanding this year. What's the true Kirk Cousins? Are we going to know after this weekend, or is it still wait till that primetime game, wait till the real big matchup, and we'll see what Cousins shows up?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, granted, they were two very good wins, but but his critics will say, well, yeah, but it was the Giants, and yeah, but it was a really depleted Eagles defensive Mm -hmm. team. Um, I, I I still think it was a good win. I think they both were. I I firmly believe, guys, something happened in that Vikings locker room after that really bad performance by the Bears. There was there was a come to Jesus meeting between someone with someone else, and they have looked like a really different football team. And and to their de- in their defense, uh, they're calling a much different game. It, it was it was run run run, and then pass when we kind of had to, and now they're using the pass at least the last two games, to set up the run. And I think that's made them a, a, a lot more versatile offense. And we'll see this week. I mean, the Lions, yeah, they're like 27th against the run and 28th against the pass, but their DVOA is, is pretty good, which means that they toughen up in the red zone. And conversely, the Vikings have been pretty good in the red zone on offense. So I, I think this is going to be a good matchup. I, I think if the Vikings could put the ball in the end zone, um, on on defense, their defensive, their their red zone defense is really good. And I think it's going to force the Lions to kick field goals. So if the Vikings can convert those opportunities instead of having to kick field goals, I think they'll have a pretty good day.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Ted Glover is our guest. Uh, Ted, uh, Diggs has to be happy uh, with uh, his out uh, input last uh, week. I mean, they listened to him. They, he was clearly PO'd. He wanted the football more. They went to him more. Um is Diggs now content? Is he, is, he, is he going to be a team guy going forward, or was that going to be a week-to-week thing based on how much production?
0: I don't think it's going to be a week-to-week thing, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm I'm kind of one of the folks that sort of defended Diggs on this. I, I think that was needed. What what Thielen said to the media after the Bears game, like, hey, look, you got to be able to pass the ball, and whether that was a, a dig at Cousins or a dig at Stefanski or, or Zimmer, and then digs. Hey, look, we need to get better at this. I think that helps spark the Vikings to to figure things out and get better. I I don't think it tore the locker room up. I think it actually might have helped things in the long run. So I I don't see this as being a problematic thing for the whole season.
3: You know, something interesting. I, I was reading one of those uh, capsules going into this game. Daniel Hunter has an NFL record for sacks for a player twenty five and under. I was completely shocked by that. He, he leads the NFL and tackles for loss. Was not shocked by that. But I watch basically every Vikings game as my wife's a Vikings fan, so I kinda have to. But I guess I just I know he's a good player. I didn't realize he's at a historic pace.
0: Yeah, he's he's the best player in the NFL that nobody really talks about. Yeah. I mean he had uh, he's he's right up there with Khalil Mack. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say that because if you look at Hunter's game, and, and the statistics he produces and, and compare them to, to Mac, they're very similar. Now, Mac, I think can have a, a bigger impact. I think Mac makes more splash plays, but, but Hunter is, is every bit as good as any defensive player in the NFL. And I will, I will plant my flag on that hill and, and die if I have to, but he's, he's a fantastic player. And, and the Vikings were really smart. They locked him up early and got him uh, a, a really good extension. That uh, is team friendly, so he's going to be around for a while too.
1: Indeed, he is. Uh, they, they he wasn't a first or second. Was he a second day pick? I think he was a second day pick, uh, but not a first round pick. And he's really come on third LSU rounder. third rounder. There you go from LSU. Uh, you know who's had a good. And I hate to jinx it by bringing up a kicker, but Vetvik gets, <laughs> gets traded. Gets uh, traded. You know he's he's brought into training camp. He's going to be the guy. Bailey didn't have a great year last year. Yet Vedvik's the guy that's no longer in town. Uh, Bailey's the guy left standing, and he's produced so far this year. Bailey looks as close to Dan Bailey of the uh, the one we remember in Dallas as we've seen since he's worn a Vikings uniform.
0: Yeah, thanks. I was going to go in for some Right, someday, really? But, um, <laughs> no, I, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you mentioned all that and Vedvik, and, and the one thing um, people outside of Minnesota really don't talk about is right as training camp ended, they they cut their punter and then signed Brian Colquitt. Mm-hmm. And and Colquitt is is a very experienced holder and I I I don't think he was joking when he said, hey, you know, they've had a lot of holding issues. And I I'm not kidding you. Hmm. since since they got Colquitt and he's been the holder, Bailey has been money. So maybe maybe it was the holder. I I, I don't know. Maybe it's the second lieutenant long snapper. I don't know either. <laughs> I, but yeah, Bailey's Bailey's playing well and and uh you, you couldn't ask for much more, considering what what a hot mess the Vikings kicking situation looked back in week one.
3: Ted, you were wondering why we bring you on. This is the reason. Nowhere else can you get Vikers holder information like you can from Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman. <laughs> Indeed.
1: Britton Colquitt, a Super Bowl winning holder. Oh, with the Broncos. Yeah. Well, you punted. Yeah,
0: it. in this nationwide contest.
1: We'll go around college football with Bama Bob. You can't play the other
3: one? We, 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 what are we doing right now? We're giving away money. 200, 200, what is the
1: keyword? glad you asked, Trent, because I've got it right here. It's yoga. Text yoga, yoga to 200, 200, your chance to win a $1,000. Yoga to 200. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO.
1: Friday, we've got Claxon's Barbecue to give away. We'll do so in about, oh, 25 minutes or thereabouts. Trent and my picks. Uh, We have some picks at about 10 minutes before 12. But right now, Bama Bob joins the program as we go around college football. Bama, good to talk to you. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm great, guys. What's happening up there? Well, uh, we're just waiting for tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock when both Iowa and Iowa State will be on the field at the same time. Um, yeah, not ideal, is it? No, it's not. It's not. ESPN yeah. 2 for the Hawks. Trent, where are the clones? Are they on FS1? Uh, I'll check real quick. FS1. Indeed. FS1. 219 on your Channel direct TV. 219. Bami, mean, you sent me a hypothetical. I want to start with this one from yesterday. You sent me a uh, little brain tease when it comes to college football as we zero in on the first playoff uh, unveiling show, which is, I think, the first Tuesday in November, I believe. A couple of weeks away, but it's getting close. Your hypothetical was Alabama wins the SEC championship, goes 13-0. That means Georgia would have two losses. You've got South Carolina beating Clemson. Meanwhile, Oklahoma and Ohio State win out. So Georgia's out. The Big 12 gets in. The Big 10 gets in. The SEC is represented by Alabama. There's one spot left. Would that be a one loss Oregon team who lost to Auburn early in the season, or a Notre Dame team that lost to a two loss Georgia team? Notre Dame schedule, guys. I mean, that, that game at the end of the year when we came out, oh, Stanford, that's going to be tricky.
4: Yeah. Didn't look no. like it last night.
1: Didn't look like I have no idea how Stanford beat Washington. Washington kicked themselves for that one. So, Bama, who's yeah. going to get that other spot if it comes down to Notre Dame or Oregon? Yeah, that's a great
4: question and Well you made it up, of course you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, look, as much as I hate to say it, probably Oregon, because I I think the committee is on record as having said they are now they're going to start placing emphasis on conference championships. So, you know, Oregon would have beaten, you know, obviously in that situation, they'd be Washington tomorrow. Um, they would have beaten, say, Utah, Utah in, the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Those aren't terrible. Now, I think the thing that's going to hurt Oregon is Auburn's going to lose probably a couple more games. So it could wind up being a three-loss Auburn team at the end of the year. But Notre Dame, again, doesn't have to play the conference championship game. And so, are you going to reward that? Or are you going to reward an Oregon team that has to play a conference championship game and wins it? So, to me, it would be really tight. And the whole key there really is I mean, there's a lot of keys. It's a hypothetical, but, you know, Clemson would have to drop a game. And I, but I think if they do, and I don't think it's out of the question necessarily, but because it's on the road against South Carolina, um, if that were to happen, I don't think Clemson has a margin for error. I don't think they get uh-huh. in as a one-loss team. I really don't, even if they win the ACC. I think it would take a lot for them to get in. So I would lean Oregon. I think Notre Dame might be the better team than Oregon, although Oregon's defense is, is pretty stout.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't so often talk about
4: that, but those are quarterbacks. Yep. So I would probably at that point lean Oregon. Trent?
3: Hmm. I think now, does Oregon beat 11-1 Utah in that championship game or seven and yeah, five Oregon USC wins out.
4: Oh, you know well, and, yeah. and that's going yeah.
3: to play into it what mm-hmm. there's yeah. still so much season and there's oh, still UCLA's alive e- even if Clemson will lose that game to South Carolina maybe South Carolina yeah. at that point you know it's seven and four going into it and they've only lost one game here in the last two months of the schedule and it doesn't look as bad as certainly the South Carolina victory against Georgia looks last week there's so much that goes into this that yeah. you can't the hypothetical needs more hypotheticals to get to an endgame here. But let's be honest. It's Notre Dame. Don't they get the benefit of the doubt?
1: I don't know. A lot of years they would, but they're scheduled this year. They would have beaten Virginia, who's meh they would have beaten USC, it was, yeah, Michigan Michigan's an 8 and 4 football team probably Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, Boston College and Stanford. I hope we're talking about this come December. I hope, I hope there, are too. there's some intrigue. I hope we are going too. into selection. I, I'm with you. Well, let's get to the games this week, guys, because it's a it's a decent slate. There's no doubt about that. Let's start first of all, we mentioned South Carolina, Bama. We'll start there and we'll go to you first and uh, right off the bat here. Uh South Carolina Taking on a Florida football team. Halinski is he going to play? It sounds like it. That's crazy. I mean, he could yeah. hardly stand after the football game last week. How do you see this one, Bama?
4: Well, I think the key is really going to be the two defensive ends for Florida, Zwinga and Grenard. They they both left the LSU game. And you could tell that, that, listen, LSU probably still wins the game, but those are their two best defensive linemen at getting after the quarterback. So, they're going to be game time decisions. If if one or certainly if both of them play, I like Florida in the game because I think Holinski Listen, if you you give him all the credit in the world for gutting it out, okay, but I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. I don't think he's going to be mobile mm-hmm. uh, in the pocket because you know, like you said. If he's able to rally and play, I think that's fantastic. It says a lot for him. It says a lot for his character, a lot for his guts, all that thing. We all love that. But the reality is when you put him on the football field, he's going to be a pocket guy. He's not going to be able to roll out much. He's not going to be able to run. And if those two Florida defensive ends play, they're going to keep him in the pocket, and they're really going to get after him. So I like Florida uh in this situation. You know, probably the line I think is five. You know, like you might tempt me to to take the points but i think i think florida bounces back i think um uh tratt was the quarterback uh pressed
1: yep, um, trash. Florida.
4: yep. i think you know florida has to get a running game going though and, and they they had trouble last week uh getting that started but i like the gators in this situation just because i think Helinski even if he does play, things are
1: going to be limited. Trent, you have an opinion?
3: I, I do, and this will be one of my picks coming up here later in the show. I've been on this one from the get go. It was the first one that jumped off. It's a letdown spot for both teams. Florida, back to back weeks, big games. They're going to not sleepy South Carolina, but certainly doesn't have the same impact. But USC stealing that game, and, and that was a stolen game. Mm-hmm. They were out yardage. First downs, 30 to 16. Mm. Third downs, yeah. 5 to 17 for South Carolina. Four turnovers, though. That was the difference in the game. I don't think that happens back-to-back weeks. Florida, big here. I love the Gators. One of my favorite bets of the week.
1: Uh, let's stay with you, Trent. Let's go back to that Pac-12 conference that we were referring to. It's the North. The North is on the line, as I see it this week. Washington uh, is hosting the Ducks. Where do you want to go here with this? You want me to start with Bama? He looks like you're going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze, yeah. Go ahead. Bama, how do you see it?
4: <laughs> well, I don't want to interrupt that, but you know, listen, this is one of those games you, you mentioned Washington. I can't figure them out. I thought they were – I thought at the beginning of the year – I know we were all kind of on Utah as maybe a sleeper, and they still could win the you know, win the whole the, – the entire Pac-12. Um, Washington, to me, I thought had the best coaching staff. I thought they had, if not the best quarterback, at least 1A in Jacob easton mm-hmm. No idea what happened at Stanford. Um, you know, they're going to play better at home. But, man, Oregon's defense, guys, is yeah. not bad. No, and how often do you talk about a Pac-12 team? It, the Coaches talk about it all the time. Oh, we want to be physical. We want to win the line of scrimmage. And then you go watch a Pac-12 or a Big 12 game, and, you know, they throw it 75 times or whatever. So I don't, Oregon's not that kind of team. I love what Cristobal is doing there. You think I think Washington is going to play better at home? That is one of the tougher environments. Uh, when it is really rocking, I mean it rocks and it makes noise. It's a great setting, but the environment itself can be very, very challenging. But man, I don't I don't know what it is about Oregon, but I I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the Ducks. Uh, I I kind of hope Washington wins um although i you know it kind of throws out the chaos theory that we just that we opened with but i'm going to take the ducks here and because washington has been so inconsistent i do think they'll play better at home this is why jacob eason came there Mm -hmm. and so you know if you want to win a pac-12 north championship and play for the conference you got to win this game and but he's got to play a lot better than he has and I just think Oregon's defense is is better than people think, so I'm going to take the
1: Ducks. Yeah, Washington has to win the football game to have any chance to win the North. Stanford's yeah. uh, got that tiebreaker. Stanford's going the wrong way. Trent, you ready?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. I like Oregon in this one. Love the offensive line that they have. Of course, Herbert. This Washington team—they were down at the half before Arizona fell apart last week against the Wildcats. I just think Washington's not very good. They already have two losses to two average at best teams in Stanford and Cal. Give me Oregon. They're the better football team. And I think significantly,
1: even in Seattle in that environment... I like Oregon to roll. Uh, just looking at ESPN, the ticker, they're breathing a sigh of relief in New Orleans, uh, Zion Williamson. He avoided a serious knee injury, mm. but he is going to miss a number of weeks to begin the the NBA season. But let's move on. Let's go to the Big 12. Baylor, look, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. Um, I know how they did it last week. They got a little benefit <laughs> of a uh, bad officiating Will that help. went their way, indeed. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, they're 6-0. and Oklahoma State's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde. Um, Oklahoma State's at home. How do you see it?
4: I like Baylor. Um, do you? Because here's the thing. Yeah, I do. Here's the thing. Okay, when you really look at Oklahoma State, the quarterback, Sanders, hasn't been very good. He's got 10 touchdowns, 8 picks.
1: Okay? Depends what we can Hubbard get him, that, but true.
4: Yeah, Hubbard is that offense. Yep. He's already over 1,000 yards. You start looking. I, I looked at the game log. Because, you know, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of Texas Tech. So a little, uh, Tech uh, Oklahoma State, sorry. So I'm a little bit against Texas. You start looking at it, okay, 26 for 221 against Oregon State, 32 for 256 against Tulsa, 37 carries against Texas for 121 yards, 25 for 296 Kansas State, 34 for 156 at Texas Tech last week. He mm. is the workload, okay?
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. Baylor's defense, a lot like Oregon's, better than you think, not your typical Big 12 defense defense. I think they're going to try to shut Hubbard down. And generally, good teams, if you're a good defense, not a great, we don't have to be great, but if you're good, I think Baylor is pretty good, you can generally take away one thing. And I think they're going to take away one thing, and that thing is going to be Hubbard, and they're going to try to say, all right, Sanders beat us. And if he puts the ball up enough times, I think they'll pick a couple of them. So I'm going to take the Bears, even though they're on the road, and Oklahoma State at home is a four-point favorite.
1: I'm taking Baylor. Mm. Middle linebackers out for the season. Johnson, Trent, how Mm -hmm. do you see it? I like Oklahoma State here. I like the
3: way they're going to be able to run the football, how they can score. Just need to get a couple of stops, and I think they can certainly do that at home. This Baylor team's pretty good. 7-0 and good.
1: I can't go there. I'm with you. Oklahoma State, in a tight one. Uh, Let me throw this one at both of you guys. Um, More legit, unbeaten. Baylor or Minnesota? Minnesota. Mm.
3: I like the Gophers' talent more. I think top to bottom. Yeah,
4: gotcha.
1: Okay, let's move on. I think
4: I think a, a lot better chance to finish with a better record. I'll put it that way.
1: Gotcha, uh, Trent. We'll start with you. Let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, Happy Valley is where we'll be. Michigan, Penn State. Uh, how's the Wolverines going to score? Uh, how are they going to be able to do
3: anything against that talented front? of Penn State. Watching these two teams the last two weeks against Iowa, I thought the gap was pretty significant between what Michigan is and what Penn State is. The number's kind of goofy at sitting at that nine number. That maybe gives me a little bit more trepidation overall. A lot of
1: folks grabbing the points.
3: Absolutely. And if I had to make a pick, though, Penn State, you got, they got to win it by double digits. Mm-hmm. I think
1: they're double digits better at home. I really like Clifford. I was impressed with him. Been impressed with him all season long, mm-hmm. Penn State's quarterback. Bam, how about you?
4: Yeah, I'm, you know, we, we've had this conversation before. I'm never taking Michigan in a big game again <laughs> until they win a big game. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it now. I don't, you know, the line maybe okay. Yeah, maybe they you know, 28-20, something like that. Maybe they cover. By a point, I'm with Trent. I don't really love the nine. Uh, if this gets out of hand, it's going to get out of hand Penn State's way, a la Michigan-Wisconsin, when they just laid that egg uh, in Madison. Um, I think Penn State, You mentioned it, better quarterback. I'm just not sold on Patterson. Hasn't gotten better. Harbaugh making such a big deal about his offense last week against Illinois. Illinois, Jim. (laughs) I mean, come on. Really? This gets you excited? You know, a a win over Illinois, and even then they gave up 25 points. And I I don't know. I'm just all over Penn State on this one. This is one of my favorite environments. They do it every year. It's It's always a night game. Generally, it's a night game against either Ohio State or Michigan or, you know, maybe Notre Dame if they play them the yeah. off year or whatever. I was played
1: out. in the whiteout for.
4: I was played there. I mean, I just love it. Love Happy Valley at night with the whiteout. I think it's too much for Michigan. Love Penn State's defense. If you made me, you know, I, I would probably lay the points
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, just because, again, like Trent said, how's Michigan going to score here unless something – they show something that they haven't shown not only this year but even toward the end of last year. I see no. I don't see how they're going to keep this one that close. But I could see 28-20, But I'm all over the Nittany Lions. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, I just I just ask for a little bit of snow, a little Ooh. bit of snowfall. Yeah, snow would be great. Yeah, it really oh would my gosh, make it perfect. Uh, let's move yeah, on, guys. A grass field too. I yeah, mean, just, I mean, it's just such a great set. Yeah, the game's grass got a lot going else. for it. No doubt about it. Uh, the Coastal yep. Division of the ACC, Duke or Virginia. The winner of this football game in the driver's seat to take on Clemson. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for, but nonetheless, a chance to play in the ACC championship game. Bama, starting with you, Coastal Drake at Virginia. Virginia coming off a loss last Friday night, right? I think it was last Friday. Bad Uh, loss, yeah. Bad loss, indeed. How do you see this one?
4: You know, I almost want to pull a condon and take a pass on this one. I guess give me Virginia Virginia at home. I mean, coming off the Miami loss, I think that, in a weird way, may help them, whatever. And that's a bad loss. I mean, there's there's just no two ways about it. Miami's not very good. Um, Duke on the road, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Daniel Jones is gone. He's playing in the NFL now. So I'll take Virginia at home. But, you know, in all honesty, this is really just a one-team conference Um You know, Virginia may be the best of the rest, so I'll just take the I'll take the Cavaliers at home.
3: You're passing, Trent. You got an opinion. I I like the Cavs in this one. Extra day to prepare after playing the Friday night game. They're better than what they looked against Miami here. Duke is is okay, but a field goal three and a half, right in that number. Certainly, like Virginia, I'll be playing them this weekend. Got to be healthy though. Perkins, their quarterback, he's banged up. That is at least a little bit of trepidation.
1: Interesting. Guys, let's go to the Pac-12 and let's go to the South. Uh, there, there's gonna be a, I don't know, things are gonna shake out this weekend in the South. UCLA gets up this morning only a game back, but we've got a couple of the, are really meaningful because there are four teams of two and one and they all play each other. Well, you know what I mean? They're, they're all against each other this weekend. South, uh, Arizona, USC, uh, Arizona State versus Utah. Which has a chance to be a better game of those two, Bama? Which is, is there one that's like- more meaningful than the others? it's hard to say more
4: meaningful i mean utah's already played and lost to usc right um so you know that that that's out the door arizona arizona state play at the end of the year yep. i i i'm going to say arizona state and utah i think it's going to be the better game because too. even though it's in salt lake city we've talked about utah all year as being maybe a favorite in the in the south well now they got to go prove it they they had the the I guess you call it a bad loss. I don't know. To USC on the road with their third-string quarterback, you would have mm-hmm. thought they could have won that game. Although I know they lost a running back in that game, and I think that
1: Moss is a, back. I think,
4: yeah, I think that made a big difference in that game, and I think it makes a big difference in this game. Uh, listen, I, Herm Edwards has just surprised the hell out of me the last year and a half. I thought this was when they hired him. I'm like, what are they doing? Or you know, they nobody down there knows what they're doing. Man, they win close football games, and this has got a chance, I think, to be a close football game. So you would think Utah at home would not shock me if Arizona State can somehow keep this close and get out of Salt Lake City with a win. And if they did, man, I think that puts them in the driver's seat in the, if, that, if that were to happen.
1: Better game, Trent. Your love of the Pac-12 has gone too far. <laughs> I do love it.
3: <laughs> you love it.
1: Moss by the way is going to set a school record. He'll be the all-time leading rusher at Utah after this week. Passing who? That guy. Eddie yeah. Jackson. <laughs> Eddie Jackson. That sounds wow. made up. I got a gri- <laughs> <laughs> kind of might be actually. I think I'm <laughs> close but
3: anyways. Sneaky good game for the weekend. I got one for you guys. Oh. You you know my love of the American much like your love yes. of the Pac-12. Memphis, Tulane. This Tulane team, Troy Dan and our old buddy from and mm-hmm. is down there. Mm-hmm. That football program is humming along. They're playing good football. Isn't this basketball team pretty good, too? They're getting better. Yeah, yeah. They're, they've got some dudes down there. He's done a really nice job with an athletic department that was in dire straits financially. I uh, think you're going to get a good one there. Tulane, Memphis, a couple of teams doing it a couple of different ways. Love the Americans.
4: Sneaky good game for you, Bama. Uh, I, well, I got one upset alert. Okay, Florida State at Wake Forest. I mean... Florida State could go into Wake and lose that game. Sneaky good game. I'm going late, Ken. You won't see much more in a quarter of <laughs> this one. Boise at BYU. Yeah. I mean, I I really like this game, and we've talked about Boise as being that Group of Five teams. Yep. Now that UCF is down, listen, BYU not a great team. Uh, they beat Washington up there, uh, I believe, uh, in 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 Provo. So got a chance again, Boise's got to go on the road. So I, I think that's going to be a fun game late.
1: That's my sneaky good game as well, Bama Bob. How about that? <laughs> Both quarterbacks that, may man. not play. Wilson for BYU and the freshman, what's his name, Bachmeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be a shame if yeah, it that would. happens because this would be, this is an ESPN2 game. This is the one you
4: flip on when all the other ones are over. Absolutely. You know, early second quarter, or whatever. You're sitting at a bar, you're sitting at home, whatever. And for neither one of those guys to play would be a shame, but um Hopefully it's still a good game
1: anyway. Bama, we're out of time.
4: And it's not on the blue turf, so I can look at it. I can't watch a game in Boise.
1: I'm with you. <laughs> Bama, we'll, talk, we'll recap uh, the weekend Monday at 11. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. Always enjoy it. Yes, do we. Bama, Bob. Trent and I going around college football. Let's give away some barbecue. Right now we'll take the first four callers, 284-5966, two eight, four, five nine, six, six. Four games in a tiebreaker. Winner will get thirty-five dollars worth of Claxon's BBQ. The runner-up gets twenty-five. First four of you uh will have your opportunity when we come back. Two eight four five nine six six. Claxon's Barbecue. That's next on Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Details. Woo-hoo!
0: It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on
1: 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon take you till noon or just before. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Murph and Andy at 2, Fanatics at 4. KXNO pregame show tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock songer and roberts be on there and of course football friday night here on the airwaves tonight our coverage of high school football time to give away claxons 31 8th street uh in altoona been in business over 20 year claxon bbq.com online uh we'll give you four games into tiebreaker the winner winner will get 35 dollars. the runner up 25 jim is up first jim welcome to the program How is your week jim Going pretty good. Good. Let's see if we can make it even better. Iowa State is a 7.5-point favorite of Texas Tech. Iowa State. Iowa, 17.5 at home versus Purdue. Iowa. The Bears are a 3.5-point favorite over the Saints on Sunday. So
0: said Bears-Saints?
1: Yep, Bears-Saints, Bears, Bears 3.5. Bears. Vikings a point and a half. They go to Detroit.
0: Detroit.
1: Uh, how many, uh, this is closest without going over, how many passing yards for Aaron Rodgers against the Raiders this week? Uh, 320. 320. Thank you, Jim. Busy day for Aaron Rodgers, if Jim is right. Uh, Rick is up next. Rick, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, Iowa State's a seven-and-a-half point favorite over Texas Tech. Tech. Iowa is a seventeen and a half over Purdue. Iowa Bears three and a half over New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans Vikings at Detroit are a point and a half favorite. Vikings Rogers passing yards closest without going over one ninety eight. One ninety eight. Thank you, Rick. Yep. Uh, Dennis is next with Miller and Condon. Dennis, how are you? I'm great. Iowa State's a seven and a half point favorite over Texas Tech.
0: Uh, Clones win, but I'll take
1: Tech on the take. Tech, but closer than the point spread. Gotcha. Iowa seventeen and a half over Purdue. Purdue Bears give three and a half to New Orleans. New Orleans Vikings give a point and a half at Detroit. Detroit Rogers passing yards closest without going over. Dennis one eighty
0: three.
1: One eighty three. Thank you, Dennis. You have a good weekend. And uh, Eric brings things to a close. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Uh, Iowa State's a 7.5-point favorite. Uh, going to go Clones. Taking the Clones over Texas Tech. Iowa's a 17.5-point favorite at home over Purdue. I think Iowa's going to win, but let's go Purdue. Taking Purdue in the points. Bears, 3.5 over New Orleans. New Orleans wins big. New Orleans wins big. How do you like them apples, Trent Condon? Don't like them at all. <laughs> Vikings, a point and a half over Detroit. Detroit. And the Rodgers passing yards is our tiebreaker, Eric. Closest without going over? 200 on the dot. 200 on the dot. Thanks, Eric. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Uh, thank you to Claxon's 3131 31 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona, ClaxonBBQ.com. Trent, you had another winning week last week. You are pulling away in our contest. What is your overall record? I am 23-12 and 12 against the spread on the season. That's good.
3: That's Chris Williams' territory from last year. I'm approaching it. We'll try to stay hot again this week. 12-3 over the last three weeks. And as we fire up the band, we're going to pick two SEC games this week with the beautiful music playing. We're going to start first with the game I mentioned earlier when we were talking with Bama. Florida's a lot better than South Carolina. Can South Carolina be up two straight weeks? I don't see it happening here. Trask continues to be a good story for Florida and put up big numbers there. They almost got that backdoor cover themselves and a late touchdown against LSU last week. I think Florida bounces back in a big way. Give me the Gators. I'll lay the five. Game number two from the SEC. Last week, Mississippi State lost to Tennessee. Now that high-powered LSU offense making their way to Starkville. Ah, the Cowbells will be ringing, though. Something funky's gonna happen here. It's a huge number, 18 and a half. Gonna grab the points. A little more value you normally get here. I think Mississippi State can score just enough against that LSU defense to stay within the 18 and a half. From there, it's time to go next to the NFL As I get my music ready, and it starts firing. The NFL, week seven. I got three games this week. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. rare I go three games. Start first, Detroit, Minnesota. Lions, upset. Vikings, I'm still not buying this team. Kirk Cousins on the road. Not against the Giants like two weeks ago. Against the Lions, give me the Lions plus the one and a half. Pick number two. We go to Atlanta, where the Rams come to town. The Rams an awful effort last week. Did they bounce back? I don't think so. I think you're going to mm. see a shootout here. And in a shootout, you always grab the points. Give me a field goal. And Atlanta, we finish up with my best bet of the week. It's been a team I have loved all season long. They've nipped me one time. That was a loss to the Raiders. But those Colts will lay the one in their matchup as they face off against the Texans. Just a one-point home favorite. I like the Colts, Atlanta, Detroit, Mississippi State and Florida, my picks for this week.
1: All right, Trent, you and I have one game the same. One game we're opposing each other, and that game happens to be my best bet of the week, but we'll start in college. And we'll start in the Big 12, Oklahoma State-Baylor. Bama took Baylor. I was surprised. You and I both see it the same way, Trent. I think Oklahoma State picks off Baylor. I think Baylor's been living on borrowed time, and that unbeaten record goes up in flames. Uh, They've been a great story been a great story. It's too bad that uh, the officiating reared its head in that last game. A lot of cities in the Pac 12 footprint feel the same way. As Baylor, that team that everybody's looking to catch. Don't think that they can catch Oklahoma, but darn it, we can sure catch Baylor. Say a lot of programs, but they're unbeaten until this week. Give me Baylor, I'll lay the four. Arizona State, Utah. This is a big game in the Pac 12 South. Zach Moss is back. He's going to go. He's going to break the school's all time leading uh, rushing uh, record this weekend. I don't care. I like Arizona State. I think Utah wins the football game. Arizona State's got a defense. Herm Edwards is a terrific college coach. Never thought I'd say those words, but I am. I'll take the 14. Two touchdowns, too much. Arizona State over Utah. To the pros. And uh, I'll get this one right out of the way, Trent. I felt the same way all week. I think that the Vikings get beat this week. Detroit's a, a PO'd football team. I'll take the Lions. I get a point and a half. Uh, Detroit will beat the Vikings I'm convinced of that I've thought as much all week long Detroit plus one and a half Pick number one Pick number two I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football The Cowboys and the Eagles This is a big game in the NFC East Big, big game Both three and three Eagles banged up I think Eagles are a better football team I picked the Cowboys to win the division I think I'm going to be proven wrong But I'm going to grab the field goal and I'll take Philadelphia, pick number two. My best bet of the week. Trent, I see Atlanta, the Rams, the a complete opposite way that you do. I think the Rams are f- far and away a better team. Atlanta's just, I mean, D- Dan Quinn's going to lose his job. Going to lose his job. Give me the Rams, best bet of the week over Atlanta. Music says we're out of time. That's going to do it for another week's worth of Miller and Condon. Murphy and Andy at two, the Fanatics at four. Saturday morning, pregame tomorrow, football Friday night tonight. Where are you tonight? I'll be in Waukee, Indianola, first place on the line. Good stuff. You can hear that one at 1030. Thanks for being with us. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K.